Welcome to Ambitious Motherhood, the podcast for the mom who is chasing after her dreams in motherhood and business. This is your permission slip to pursue all that you were created to be and live out your calling both in and out of your home. Here's your host, Katie Fleming. We have Melissa Berkheimer. She's an award-winning graphic designer, creative director, and design visionary who helps well-known thought leaders, entrepreneurs, authors, and personality brands create the best websites in their industry. Today, her design studio stays at the forefront of the digital marketing industry by designing websites and sales pages that elevate her customers' brands, products, and services with the iconic design they deserve. Her mission is simple, help her customers create identities and websites easily so they can spend their time doing the things they love. Melissa also mentors freelance web designers who want to grow six-figure businesses and has been featured in Daily Worth, Social Media Examiner, and Lady Business Radio. Hey, Melissa, I'm so excited to have you on Ambitious Motherhood. How are you? Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm grateful to be here. Awesome. Well, take us into um, life kind of behind business for you. Like, tell us about family and how you mesh that together so beautifully. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily beautiful, but um, <laughs> I've been, I mean, I had kids when I started my business and they were older. They were, so they were like four and what would that make turn like nine, four and nine. So it was actually, I, I mean, I'm guessing it would have been easier than me doing it when they were little, but I guess I really can't say cause I don't know. So they were four and nine and the situation was my little one was going to be going to preschool four days a week from like eight 30 to 11. And it didn't really make sense for me to have a 30 minute commute and work, drive somewhere for two hours to go work. So I hustled really hard, like for the first nine months of starting my freelance design business. And then I was able to quit my job nine months later. Hence, I was able to take both of my kids to and from school. I was already taking my older son to and from school, but the preschool thing was kind of a, a problem because it just like finding childcare to do that here isn't really, they don't really, I mean, that's available, but it's not really available. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's the situation there. So now that was eight years ago, they are 16 and 11. I was going to say they're grown ish now. Yeah, they're grown ish. Yeah. So like the oldest one has a license now. Oh and my gosh. Everyone, I mean, they both have, like it's summer and they're home, but they slept until 12. So I'm a, that's not every day, but I didn't really have to worry about much until now. And now I'm up there nagging and I'm going to be like, get your room picked up. You got a baseball game at 530. Did you eat today? Did you shower? So it's a little bit different than it was, you know, when I first got started. Yeah. Yeah. So if you did it all over again, would you still hop right into that freelance type of situation? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know any other way because the, the and again, they're, the whole point was to be at home with the kids while they were little. And even though they're not necessarily little anymore, I don't really want to go work for full time. Like that was kind of the purpose. And we didn't really have a plan, my husband and I, to say how long I would work from home. But like, even right now, like they're both old enough for me to go to work full time and me stay home or then stay home. But I don't really want to work outside of the house. Like it's too convenient to not to, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I just love the way you hopped right into freelance and figured out like 
what do I need to do to make this happen? Um, cause that's really my situation too. When I had my first daughter, it was, it was okay. I need, I want to stay home with this baby. How can I figure out a way to make that happen? So I absolutely love that. And your first like design client, was it, was it website? No, it was logos and business cards, which I don't really do today. Like I, I will yeah. for a special customer, but for the most part, most of my clients come to me and they already have a brand. Like they've already done the brand work with someone else, which is completely fine. I do do brand work with some clients, but most of the time they just have it. So I was doing, at first I was doing it for free. So I would do t-shirt designs for fundraisers and logos for events. And then eventually I found three or four people who needed logos and business cards. In fact, I just like, I didn't know this, but I did one for a neighborhood association and I was going with one of my best friends to her son's graduated graduate high school graduation and I'm like I designed that logo like eight years ago like there was a neighborhood sign and I didn't know that it was still up or that it was even there really that's so awesome. that was really exciting so, yeah that's what I did when I first got started and I didn't really do move into website until a couple of years in so you kind of evolved, right? And how how have you pivoted your business as your skills have grown, as your network's grown? How have you kind of evolved over the years? Oh, I've pivoted so many times. I mean, when you first start your business, like I was really ready and like probably annoyingly eager to work with anyone who would pay me or heck not pay me at first. And I stayed in the space of just networking and hustling the first couple of years of my business. And although I didn't make a ton of money, I made enough to probably equivalent to like a part-time mom's salary, which was again, fine for me at the time. I live in the Midwest and it's pretty inexpensive to live here. And my husband had a good job, so we were fine. And then a couple of years into it, I was like, I just don't want to go network anymore. My kids, I mean, they always had activity but they're both in baseball and football and cross country and wrestling and basketball. So it's like we have activities every single night. So I didn't want to be networking as much outside of the house anymore. So I found um, five or so local clients that I could work with as they needed me. So although the work wasn't on retainer, I was still getting paid by the hour when they needed work. So that ended up being around two to $3,000 a month for a couple of years. And those are the kind kind of clients that were really dreamy because they pay you on time. They, you know, they always have work, but between the five of them, I was, I had enough, but then I was like, Oh, like I had started following Marie Forleo and wanted to take B school. And I had learned about Amy Porterfield. So a couple, after I did B school about nine months later, I shifted into doing sales page design and only sales page design. Now there were a six month transition there because you know you first I went from like freelance working for anybody freelance working for people who needed me for the five local clients really nice they paid me on time then I was like oh now I'm doing this sales page thing and I got so much work in the first like six months of doing that I actually said goodbye to those local clients and then I was only working with people on the online space so that freed up so much time of networking and community service and all the things I was doing locally just to kind of make a name for myself so yeah I did that for a while stopped working with local clients. Then I started managing launches and only doing sales pages for about three or four years. And although I'm not managing launches anymore, I'm doing my own launches because now I'm mentoring designers and doing sales page design and branching again to the website design. So basically by switching to only sales page design, I niched down. It helped me make more money. I worked with better clients who were happy to pay higher rates for design services because you know, everybody has the fear of, oh, they can just go to 99 designs or fiber.com and find someone. And I didn't have to work at 
getting clients because I did such a great job with the onboarding, offboarding, the results they were getting with the sales pages that I didn't really have to do anything else. So about a year ago, I started transitioning into mentoring designers plus the sales page design. Now I'm doing more brand work and it's been really fun to kind of go from here to there and all of that. I hope you got all of that. Yeah. Yeah. My first question kind of is when you started to release the local clients that were like kind of your backbone to get you started, was there any like fear over Um, letting that go? So basically it wasn't even that I was letting them go. I basically decided like, because I was in a situation to where I was doing this new kind of work for online entrepreneurs who were like the bigger names of today. I mean, back in the day, there were like five big names and now there's dozens, yeah. you know, more than dozens of big name online entrepreneurs. <laughs> and I was working with the ones who were really big back in like 2014, 2000, even late 2013. So it was like the situation I was in was I have these local clients and they're great, but I like the work better that I'm doing for these online clients and I'm making more money because I'm charging by project versus by the hour. So what I did, you know, and I didn't just want to make like a a crazy jump, but what I did was I think in April of that year, I gave them all a 60 day notice Mm -hmm. saying, Hey, you know, I'm not going to be available to work by the hour anymore. And, you know, if you'd like to work out a retainer package, I would be more than happy to do that. And, um, you know, if not, I'd love to continue to work through the end of May and then we'll be done. So no one actually ended up staying on and keeping a retainer with me, which was fine. But it was, it was, again, it was just more of a profitable way for me to work versus just when they needed me. So I actually had like my first $5,000 a month that year. And that was May of 2014. It's awesome. So yes, it was scary, but at the end of the day, like it's just, yeah, it's just like holding onto that old shirt that didn't didn't really fit you anymore. It's got holes in it, but it's your favorite one. Like it was time to. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I love the retainer basis. Um, I even take it back to my employee days where it was like, I was the type of employee that took an eight hour work day and crammed it all into two hours. And, and what happens to that employee? They get everybody else's work piled on them. So a lot of us online entrepreneurs are like that. So if we can figure out if we're service-based, how can we package our services in a way that's not hourly and just is, is just, Hey, end of the day, here's the results you get. And here's a dollar you're paying. So I love that. But I, nobody taught me that. Like, no one was teaching. I mean, maybe they were teaching it. It just wasn't in my world. Yeah. So I had no idea. I mean, I started out charging $20 an hour because that was I was that was that me giving myself a $2.50 an hour raise. Yeah. yeah. From what I was making at my, my job before I started to do my business. So how did you, how did you become aware of, like, these online entrepreneurs, the big wigs at the time? Because, I mean... Like, that's kind of where you got the whole sales page lingo, yeah, right? I didn't know what a sales page was. And if you if you don't know what a sales page is, it's basically just a landing page that includes navigation to know other pages, and it helps you make a decision to enter your email address or buy a product. So think of, like, if there was an infomercial that was turned into a, a graphic web page. Mm, that's, that's a good that's analogy. Kind of I, that's kind of how I've always seen sales pages. So someone I followed on Twitter, tweeted one of Amy Porterfield's webinars 
I feel like she's like all of our gateway drugs into yes. the online business. Her webinar, and then on her <laughs> webinar was this woman that I still look up to. I mean, I was a big man. Not that I'm not a major fan anymore, but I've kind of like gotten back on like worshiping people. But she's still so amazing, <laughs> Elizabeth the Alto. So she was someone that Amy was featured in her webinar as to what she did for social media marketing. And I was following her. I was like, oh my gosh, like I just love what they're doing. Well, they both talked about Marie Forleo because I believe they were both in. Marie Forleo's mastermind together. I mean, I know they were in it together and this was like 2012-ish. B-School came around and was launched, but it was really scary to spend 2000. It was scary to spend any money on a product, but I had, I bought a Pinterest course. I bought a Facebook course. I bought a YouTube course. Like I bought all these different courses from like 2012 to 2013 even into 2014 too. And then I stopped because like it was getting a little bit crazy, but that's kind of how I was exposed to the world. So I didn't buy B-School the first time, but the next year I did buy B-School. That's awesome. So what kind of uh, like tangible things have you seen from those investments that you've made in your business? Um, Well, from B-School, like the biggest thing I got out of it was that I wasn't mentally ready to to take on the success I could have had after B-School, if that makes sense. So part of the B-School bonus I got, like, and if you haven't heard of B-School, like all of these different affiliates will package together a really great bonus if you buy Marie Forleo's B-School through their link. I went through Elizabeth Alto at the time. I don't even think she's an affiliate for the program anymore because she shifted her business, but the the bonus was a mastermind in California and everyone had talked about masterminding and how great it was for your business. And so I went out there like so excited. I'm like, I'm going to get all this business because I'm branding, which I thought it didn't happen that way. But I realized that I needed to see myself as more than just a freelance designer from Des Moines, Iowa, which is where I live and work. So that was my biggest takeaway, but any of anything else I could have learned from that mastermind, I just wasn't ready. I wasn't there yet. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it just takes one thing I've found every time I invest in my business. Well, I kind of want to transition into your expertise. You mentioned it earlier that you were kind of managing launches for all of these people. So take me through that. It was really just managing launches for, you know, a couple of entrepreneurs. I wasn't doing it for a ton, but there, I have since then come in just to, just to be really clear, because I don't want people to say, oh, she didn't launch for me, but I'm still on the launch team kind of now because I'm a, I'm a part of their, I do their sales page. And that's like one of the biggest projects that people have within a launch. So, um, what did you want to know? Sorry. What was the question? So launching, what are, what are kind of the things you've learned and what can help some of the people that are listening yeah. that are just getting started? So if you're just getting started and you're, you're hearing about people and their 5,000 figure launches, the first thing I get an offer and master the delivery, master the marketing, and not even necessarily master the delivery, master the marketing, get an offer, sell it to people, get some results from them, and then go for the big launch. So I did like a beta launch a couple of years ago showing people how to create a sales page, and I didn't charge money for it. I wish I would have. And the goal was to like launch this as a beta program and then create a program out of it. Well, I didn't end up wanting to create like an info product out of that because I just wasn't in that space yet. So my tip would be find an offer, master it, make sure that people want to buy it, make sure you're actually solving their problems, get feedback when you do the offer. You can offer it as a beta program for a discount. I've done that several times. 
and then go from there. You don't have to have a big fancy sales page. I get paid to make sales pages, by the way. Like this is just me being honest. You need to have good marketing. You need to have great case studies and you need to have a platform to share the offer on. So whether that be your email list, a Facebook group, a Facebook page, a big Instagram following, um, not even necessarily a big Instagram following. As long as you can find a couple of people to have an impact, then you'll be successful. But just, I realized that I had, uh, cause I'm so comfortable doing design work that I really am unfazed as to whether or not someone wants to work with me, but with my launches, cause I, I mentor a designer. So I, in the last year I've launched several beta programs and now I'm onto like the real pro not real programs because they've always been real but like the actual thing that's not in a beta round and I was so attached to the financial outcome that I think it really deflected sales mm. so focus more on creating an impact and the sales will, will will come hey guys so I wanted to interrupt real quick are you hanging out with us in the free ambitious motherhood Facebook group this is a community that I have cultivated alongside over 500 other moms who are doing motherhood and business and pursuing their calling in all of the things. So it is free and I would definitely love to meet you over there. So go to ambitiousmotherhood.com to join. So I definitely like this beta thing and I would love for you to go into a little more depth about how we could, how we could run our own betas because a lot of the girls that are listening have like ideas or they have this thought, like even outline of a course, they haven't created it yet, but how can we go ahead and make those first steps? Sell it before you make it would be the short answer. Sell it before you like, no, really. Like that's the easiest way. That's the way that I've done it. Um, because I did a beta. What does that logistically look like? So, so for me, I did a beta mastermind last, so last July I started it. We actually ran it from September to to August or no, excuse me, September. I, I closed it in August. I launched it from September to December. So basically what I did was I ran Facebook ads to a webinar showing designers how to grow their business. I had a friend help me with the Facebook ads because I know the logistics, but the conversion is a different story. So I had, I hired a friend who, a friend of mine to help me consult with that. We found an ad that converts. I did six webinars. I mean, some of those webinars, no joke, like my first one had 30 people and I sold the bait, the first beta spot to my mastermind, not on that webinar they had to apply. And I sold that without a sales page. I just had a PDF. So I had a list of 30 people. So if you don't have an email list and you want to be like, I don't have a list, I don't have an audience. You can create one yourself just through your social platforms or whoever follows you. So I, I, I sold it and then we started in September. So I created the content as we taught, but I did create a package. So they got, you know, two calls per month. They got a Facebook group. They got a members area. We did bonus calls. I offered one-on-one calls. Like there were all of these different things in a package that they got. And before I created a sales page for it, I wanted to sell one using um, a PDF. So the way that you would really preface this is you would start out with research. So find out the struggles that your ideal customer has. And when I say do the research, like I mean legit find people to take your research. So when I did the beta mastermind, my research was an application. If someone wanted to join my mastermind, they had to actually fill out a form and there wasn't a cost to do this. Some people charged to do this, but it was my first time offering the mastermind. So by them filling out the inquiry form, the application, and then me doing a free coaching call with them. So I legit got on the phone with them and I said, 
that if you want to buy this, great. And if you don't, you don't, there's no hard feelings. So it takes the, the pressure off of selling. It takes the pressure off of me and them. So they feel comfortable to see like, what am I all about? Because maybe they hate me or maybe I talk too fast or maybe they're so excited that they can't wait to join. So that was the policy that I did with that. But if, if you can do research a different way by just creating an electronic survey or getting on the phone with people to ask them what their struggles are when it comes to hiring a graphic designer per se, if you are a graphic designer, or what do you struggle with when it comes to losing weight with your health coach? What would solving, you know, those struggles mean for your life and your business? Like what would happen? And just by getting the answers to those three questions right there, you'll be able to create an offer and marketing materials using their language that will help you get to where you want to be. So I don't want to make it sound like it was easy because the people that I was managing launches for were hitting six and seven figures with their sales page or whether I was doing a launch. I made like four, not even $4,000 with my first one. So, but I hustled and I spent, you know, $2,000 on Facebook ads and I did a webinar almost every week. Some of those times, some of those times I had 10 to 20 people on a webinar. So everybody has to start somewhere. And I think that that's the best strategy that I would do. So there's no pressure on sales. There's no pressure on, you know, you get the research done through the application and then you just create the content as you go. That's incredible. I mean, create, create, like pre-sell it, then create the program. And you went with those warm audiences first, people that kind of knew you, right? Like a Facebook group or even a list. These were actually cold. Okay. It was all Facebook ads going to the webinar because I didn't, I didn't have an email list. Everybody and their brother says build an email list, but the people who I was serving would not sign up for my sales page email list. They already knew how to create a sales page. Their struggle was they needed someone to do it because they're too busy. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a whole new market for you. Sure. Well, how can we, how can we organize the organizing um, system side behind a launch? What does that look like? Oh, it's my favorite part. Um, So basically I would just make a list of all of the big projects you have to do. So for example, you're going to have, let's say you're going to launch using a webinar. You're going to have to set up your webinar. So there's a lead page, there's a thank you page, there's an email, but the webinar is the big list. Okay. Let's say you're going to do Facebook ads. That would be the second item. Let's say you're going to do three Facebook lives to get people on the webinar. Okay. That's item number three. Let's say you're going to uh, write emails for them once they register. Or, you know, after your cart opens, let's say you're going to write emails to your next list. Let's say you're going to create a membership site. Let's say you're going to do Google ads, or let's say you're going to do Instagram lives. I don't know, like Instagram TV. So make a list of the big projects first. And then break down all of the steps that you need to do for each of those projects. Do I recommend you plan as far in advance as you can, but don't like, you don't have to do everything yourself the first time or you don't have to do everything at all. Like I said, I sold my first spot to my beta mastermind without a sales page and I make sales pages for most of my living because the other stuff pays, but it doesn't pay as well as my design work just because we all have to start somewhere. So break it down by each individual to do's every day. Look at the priority of what needs to get done in more of a timely manner. I'm kind of in the middle of a launch right now and where I need to focus most of my attention for the next two weeks is my email list social media marketing, Facebook lives, and, um, just getting people on my webinar. Yeah. And getting people in the group. 
My goodness, that's a long list. Um, so what tools do you use to manage? Are you an Asana person? Um, I've used Asana. I'm not like a huge fan of Asana, but I still would like would use it. I've used Trello. I've used Basecamp. I've used Monday. My favorite would probably be Monday, but I use Trello for my launches and design projects. And then I use Basecamp for um, managing like individual freelancers that work with me. Awesome. Very cool. So really, yeah. So figuring out the way you're going to sell whatever it is you're selling. So for you in that example, it was the webinar. Could you give the listeners some other options of what that could look like? Um, You could do like a three-day challenge. Like some people have done five-day challenges or like if you hear, if you've heard of like the 21-day fix, you can do a 21-day challenge. I used to watch Steve Harvey before they took his show away from where I lived. It doesn't air here anymore. I'm so sad, but he had like a 21-day challenge when he launched his new book, Jump. Mm-hmm. So you could just take take people through a series of content that will help them understand what it's like to work with you. And you could you could simply just say, put a post on your Facebook wall saying, hey, I'm going to launch this beta program for, you know, and make sure that you're not violating Facebook's terms and conditions because I know you're not really supposed to share links, but you could put a link to an application. Um, you could just reach out to people you know who have said, hey, I want to work with you, but you know the ones you've been too shy to, to reach out to to say, oh my gosh, what are you doing? I want to do that too. Go after those people. Ask your friends to share whatever medium it is you're using to sell, whether that's just an Instagram post or, you know, being on other people's podcasts, but, you know, make sure that, you know, you're not breaking the rules and that you are allowed to kind of promote something. But yeah, just like get really creative when you want the butts in the seats and the butts will come or the seats will get filled. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. And this time, like normally when I launch the mastermind, I offer a free 30 minute coaching call if they fill out an application and I'm launching, I did a beta course, like, and that was like eight weeks of live calls with me. I sold it the same way using the same webinar, just pitched something completely different. And which was the, the, the beta course, which I, I realized that ter- doing a beta course for designers, like, I think they need a little bit more handholding because they, it's a lot of the mindset that they have to work on as well as the structure. So I wanted to teach it live. So I'm launching an accelerator. So this time I'm offering free 15 minute calls for anybody who has questions about the course. They don't know that's happening yet because I haven't sent out the email, but I was thinking like, what could I do differently than I've done the last time? Cause I know what works and obviously like redo what works. Yeah. So like if your webinar converts, like I've learned that out of all the different things I've launched or sold for designers, the people who are more than likely to buy from me are the ones who are actually on a live webinar. Hmm. And so just curious what webinar stats you found for yourself, but what converts well for you percentage wise? What would you consider? Well, people who are on a live webinar, like what, what percentage of who's live actually converts to a sale? Um, it's usually probably two to 5%. Okay. Live. But again, I'm, it's not like I'm getting thousands of people on my webinars, like these numbers, like other people. So yeah. 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 Cool. Well, you know, my last question about that is the whole point of a beta round would be to, you know, build your program, get paid a little bit before and testimonials, those case studies, like you mentioned. So how, do you have any tips of how we can collect those things and kind of, you don't, I don't know. The first thing I always think about is I don't want my client to feel like, um, it's hard to like, where do I start kind of thing? So do you give any templates? Do you give any like, like, how do you administrate that? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, I have. Um, I, this is really simple. So you just add, it's just the same way as feedback. If you're going to be like, let's say you're going to do like a six week health coaching program to help someone like slim down for summer. I'm just making, just making this up. <laughs> um, every week you could send them a survey saying, how are you doing? What have, what's helped you the most this week? When I sent the survey for the first mastermind I offered, like the biggest impact I had on people was their mindset. And I didn't really teach mindset. So that's really just in my coaching style. So you could legit send them a written survey you can get on the phone and ask them the same questions what was this like before you decided to hire me what were your objections to purchasing this purchasing this course product or service and how is your life different now are there any results i can share so those are four simple questions you can legit post in the facebook group saying hey i want a case study if you're going to have a facebook group for your paid members or you could send out an email and offer a free coaching call if they do and do an email i did that once Hmm, that's so good idea. I wanted the feedback. I love it. Feedback is everything. Well, let's hop on into those last four questions that we ask every mom on the show. Are you ready? Yes. All right. So what is one mom and business owner hack to help others manage motherhood and business well? Um, if your kids are older, invite friends over during the summer. <laughs> no, I'm serious because yeah. like, even when they were littler, like 10 and, you know, 10 and six or 10 and five, because they're four and a half years apart. It's like, they're occupied. Like I'm not worried about in the summer, like, Oh, what are they doing? Are they having fun? Are they bored? Are they asleep? Like they're with their friend. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, if you could do it all over again, business or motherhood, what would you do differently? Or what would you tell yourself? I would tell myself to take a hundred thousand deep breaths. (laughs) Relax. Yeah, that's for sure. That's a good one. Well, what is your favorite app, system, or software that you'd recommend right now? App, system, or software? I really like Trello. You and the rest of the world. I like it, huh? I said you and the rest of the world. Yes, I like Trello because you can move the cards and use it Scrum style and make little checklists. Yeah, I like Trello. That's awesome. And it's pretty. It's color-coded, too. I love that. So what is the best book you've read? And then what are you looking forward to reading soon? Um, Best book I've read? That would probably be Denise Duffield Thomas's Get Rich Lucky, B-I-T-C-H. I don't know if I can swear on this. Um, It's life-changing. Her work is life-changing. I've been a huge fan since like 2012 when I found all those people. I was actually in a, I was in a beta program with Denise Duffield Thomas, you guys, back in like 2012, I think it was. Dang. Um, Elizabeth Dialto, but that one. And then what I'm looking forward to reading next is Cam Grout's E-Cute. Cubed. E-Cubed. Oh, E-Cubed. Yes, yes, yes. Somebody mentioned that. I read E-Squared, and I keep starting E-Cubed, but then I don't finish it. So I'm going to, like, I'm finishing it this time. (laughs) That's awesome. Very, very cool. Well, thank you for sharing all of your knowledge and expertise with us today. It's been so great chatting with you. Thank you for having me. I'm really grateful, and I'm, I'm... I'm just happy. Oh, wait. Hello. I'm about to forget what's going on. Tell everybody where they can connect with you. Oh, yeah. You can just connect with me. At, my website is melissaburkheimer.com. I'm over on Instagram. That's probably the social media platform where I'm the most active, just at Melissa Burkheimer. Or you can send me a friend request on Facebook or whatever. Yeah, guys. And Melissa's got a sales page design guide that we're going to link up for you guys in the show notes. It is pretty awesome. You want to tell them about that at all? Yeah, so I've got two things. So I have a wireframe that you guys can use and literally give to a designer so that you don't have to worry about what's going to go where. And there's an outline. 
So if you've never done a sales page and you are at the point to where you need to make one, but you don't have the budget to, to like hire someone to do the copy for you, I've got a guide of seven different sections that you can use that I've used for my own sales pages and my client sales pages that will get you the results you need. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. It was so great to chat with you and Melissa. Y'all, I would be so honored if you would leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. In the coming weeks, I look forward to reading your reviews live on the podcast and shouting you out. I'll talk to you on Instagram and see y'all later.